Welcome to another episode of Them Asperger's. You want to start them like that now? You want to shout hello at people? Hello. That's it. Hello, hello. <laughs> right. So. So. How are, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Feeling good. Feeling very good. What about you? Yeah, I'm fine. So it's been a week. A week? No, it hasn't been a week since diagnosis. It's technically been two weeks since mm. diagnosis. Yeah. How has things been since then? I know you told me that you have now let your work know about um, your... Yes. Uh, autism, which is a step forward because you haven't let anybody know yet other than me and this podcast. So this would be the first people that wasn't me or this yeah. podcast that knows I've let you. my HR department know. I haven't actually gone to the point of telling people that I work with. So like my actual boss, I suppose, doesn't know. Okay. Well, yeah, I know that. But... Yeah. So I haven't told anyone that I know at work yet, but you know, we're slowly... But it's interesting. You said that your work is doing an autism awareness week, month? Mm -hmm. Week. Week. And you read some of the things about it and you said they they seem to know their stuff. Yeah. I was impressed by what they wrote. But that in itself made you want to let them know about you. Well, yeah, they included... So they sent out this email where they put in loads of facts about autism, which, like I said, I was impressed with what they put there because it was quite true to form. And um, yeah, at the end of the email, they entered it with like uh, like a peer support group link and things you can email. And I just thought maybe I'll send an email, so I did. Mm. Yes. But you don't know what's going to happen because of it. No. You've just done it because you uh, feel like you should. Yeah. Nothing's really happened to trigger it or anything like that. No, I am feeling very good though. I'm feeling very positive. I think I'm being very positive. Yeah. I've really got more of a, I don't know, I've, I feel like I've changed my mindset almost. Like I have, I feel a change in myself. I've been a lot better. Yeah. Felt a lot calmer. Yeah, I have noticed that. I have noticed that you are getting less stressed about stuff. Uh, and I would say your anxiety is quite good. Yeah. I would say that you've been dealing with situations well. Yeah. Um, there's been some stressful times you said you've had at work, but you seem to be dealing with them. Yeah. Uh, whereas I think the opposite is happening with me at the moment. I, I seem to be going more crazy lately. Yes. I say crazy, like as not much crazy. Because yeah. I don't want to like offend anybody else like this on the spectrum. But yeah, I, I definitely feel like um, some of my weird habits seem to be uh, rife at the moment. But I think, well, I think there are reasons behind it that I think I know why it's happening and. You do, you. It's not like the first. This is the first time it's happened. I there have been times where you've been like this before. Like with you, I think you just go through like a wave of being more on edge. Because I've definitely seen you. Like say, I've seen you be like this before, and yeah. it, it does go. It does pass. It's just for the moment. I guess you just ride that wave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, my um, rumination and anxiety is a bit mental at the moment now. I find myself getting anxious about a lot of stuff really quickly, um, mm. which, yeah, is, isn't is great. But, um, like, a similar a thing that happens to me that constantly happens to me is when this stuff happens is I 
don't know what it's about or where it's coming from. Uh, a lot of people I know can just, you can kind of guess where it's coming from. Um, but for me, even when I say stuff out loud, so I say like, I think it's probably happening because of this and whatever the thing is, it's happening because there's been changes here or changes there. I say it, but then I'm expecting like this connection to go, yeah. that is what it is. But then I feel nothing from saying it. So then I'm just sort of like, maybe it's not that because I feel nothing about it. But it could be that, I don't know. Um, I say this because this week at work, I had a meeting, I suppose, with um, like the management team. And basically it was a conversation about my attitude and the way I was behaving, which for me, I felt like I wasn't doing anything weird or anything odd. But apparently I was, um, but I still don't know what. Uh, and they tried to, they tried to say it. They, they said they were getting like a vibe from me, and that it wasn't what I was saying and doing. There wasn't specific examples, but they felt like there was a a thing. But I wanted like quantitative like examples. I wanted like you said this this point, and no one could. So I found myself confused about the whole thing in general. I didn't understand, well, like, what was it about? So uh, when stuff like that happens, I left the meeting thinking, I don't, I have no idea what that meeting was about, really. Uh, and I felt like it was just a big waste of time. Um, and then because it happened and because, like, there were a few people were involved in the meeting, it wasn't just me, it was me and, like, three members of management. It always makes me, like, think about it after. I think, like, well, they must have done it for a reason. There must be a reason why well, this happened, but I can't pinpoint still now. It's been, like four days since it happened i still now don't understand what the issue is i think some of it though does come from the fact one of the members of management that did the meeting with you said that he didn't know why they were having the meeting he hasn't yeah. noticed a difference in you and he's the member of management that has been there like he was management when i was man- like he's been there ages he knows you the other two are they've just come in from other stores they don't really know you they haven't known you for a very long time like they're they're new essentially like they're they're just there at the moment while the store's waiting for new management so i think the meeting about your attitude was more just because they don't really know what you're like equally like when you first meet someone you're not the same as you are normally so you, you do put on i would say more of an effort when you first meet someone to be a little bit okay and then when you stop being you know like trying to be sort of slightly friendly and you just get comfortable and start being yourself I think that's what it was I think they just weren't used to the way you are because yeah the member of management that's known you forever has said that he hasn't noticed a difference in you and he doesn't know what they're talking about so I think it's just that like you are you are the way you are and I think for some people it just they don't really understand it especially as they're quite yeah. as you've described they're quite sort of friendly sociable people and you're just not like that like you you're quite quiet really like you own you will talk to people but only if you want to and uh the conversation interests you otherwise you're quite happy to just not talk and when you do talk, you are quite blunt. And sometimes, depending on if you're distracted or you've got other stuff to do, you can be, I suppose, it's not really rude. It's just not, you know, like you don't go out of your way to be friendly. That's just not you. So I think, because I don't think any of the other people that work in the store that have known you for, you know, a long time have said this either. It does just seem to be the new people. And I think it is just, you're different to how a lot of people usually are like you don't feel the need to pretend to 
be really happy you don't feel the need to be really friendly and I think it was probably just a I guess a shock to the system for them yeah I um yeah now that you've said that that makes total sense that the one guy that didn't have a problem with me is the guy that has worked with me for ages knows me and the other two are they're outside they're outside they're, they're from other stores because obviously with you leaving and me stepping down they've not been able to find like a, a yeah a uh, permanent fixture for management so they keep changing them about and yeah you're right they don't know me they don't know what it is and like I, I forget that a lot of people that aren't on the spectrum um don't know a lot about it yeah so they're still going down the not ignorant but the you know like they don't know what it is so yeah. they just do you know what I mean like I, I it's, it's something I'm used to like growing up and um do you know from like a child from a young age i'm used to people telling me i've got a bad attitude yeah. uh, and that like i'm brash or harsh or like do you know I mean i'm quite stern or whatever like it's stuff i've heard all my life pretty much i think it's just because i haven't heard it in a while i think because i was in a place where everybody knew me they knew that's how i was i was in a place of understanding and everyone gets it that this is the first time i think it's happened where i've gone oh uh, yeah this is this is not, it's just odd. I think it threw me off because now that we've talked about it, now that we're talking about it now, it, has, it does make me realise they don't know what it is. So that's what it was. And I think you said to me after, I think I explained it to you on the day it happened and you said they just sound like they're talking about your Asperger's. Yeah. Um, I do realise that, yeah, a lot of people still don't know what it is. And I think because I'm used to working here now and everybody knowing, when people now tell me stuff that's to do with my Asperger's, I always think, well, they know. And they know which part of it is my Asperger's. So the reason they're talking about it is because the thing I'm doing isn't related. But now that, yeah, now that you've said it, it does make kind of sense well, that that's what it probably is. Whenever we used to hire new staff, I think I think almost every member of staff that we hired has said this at some point, that when they first started working there, they were scared of you. Or not scared yeah. of you, but like intimidated by you or weren't sure about like, you because that is the way you are like when people meet you that does seem to be a running theme of just having like a slight sort of wariness because you aren't it's not that you aren't friendly you aren't just stereotypically friendly you don't go out of your way to make someone feel comfortable or you don't go out of your way to smile and be happy around people yeah. so like and New members of staff used to do it all the time. Oh, when I first met Nicky, I was scared of him. But now I've got to know him, I really like him. That was always the case. So many people said it. So I imagine that, yeah, it's just because these people are new to the store or haven't seen you for a long time in one of their cases. I think it's just they'd forgotten or don't know what you're like because it does... You do kind of take a while to get used to, I think, for a lot of people when they don't know what you're like or they don't understand. Perhaps it does come across as rude, but yeah. And I think the reason it was never a problem before was because you were a supervisor and they were sales assistants. They're not going to say to you, like, I find you scary. Because it was always, yeah, they'd always be there. Once they'd been there a couple of weeks, they were like, oh, it's Nikki. Like, this is just what he's like. But actually, like, once you start talking to you, you're really nice. Yeah. But I think it's the same way that if you meet me, I'm come across as really shy when you first meet me because I don't really like talking to new people. So I'll come across as shy for, it can be like a couple of months. But then once you get to know me and like I actually want to talk to someone, I'm not shy at all and I'll talk. But yeah, I think it's just that. You can come across as kind of standoffish, but then once you get to know you, it's just, 
I don't know. It's like you don't notice it. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, I have been. I have been like, like I said, my shutdowns have got like worse. I think, and I think this week in particular at work, I have literally just not been talking to anyone. I've just been getting on with my job and not chatting to anybody. And it's a workplace where everybody's quite chatty, but I'm not. And yeah, like I, I can be, but then sometimes I can't be. And I think for people that, uh, one of the people has been with us before and she said I was well chatty and then she came down this time and I'm not. So she feels like something's up. And then I was like, nothing's up. And yeah, sometimes I just don't want to talk to people and that's hard for people to follow that. Cause I know like with NT people, if there's somebody that's quite talk, you know, talk quite a lot and is quite, quite like having conversations with people and then you come in one day and they're not talking to anyone that makes you think there's something wrong yeah but i guess the difference with me is sometimes i talk sometimes i don't um and i think it's just like there's been quite a lot of stuff going on i suppose like it was your birthday mm -hmm. my birthday's coming up we i'm moving flat which you are worrying about a little bit yeah yeah i've kind of made it my thing even though it's not my thing yeah like yeah, I've, yeah. I, I i like i know i've told you i don't want you to worry about it and i'll sort it yeah, yeah <laughs> like yeah, a thousand yeah. times but i know that that's for some reason that is bothering you like i know it is also i mean neither of us have had a holiday or like taken any time off work for well, it's been about a year now i'd say i so suppose you've i mean got a holiday coming up but i think sorry yeah there you go I just, I think that that's what it is. I yeah. think yeah. it's probably... Not that, like, we do holiday. Oh, not going on holiday, but, I mean, taking a break from work, like, ever since you stood down, there's been no yeah. time off. And, like, a lot of people, like myself on the spectrum, it's nice to just have, like, two weeks of uh, nothing. Yeah, just doing nothing. You don't need to see anyone. You don't want to... Because it's not even just the standing down. Prior to you standing down and me quitting, we were working a lot <laughs> there was yeah. we, it was getting a bit much and i think it's probably just come to a point of you need like you just need some time to do your own thing by yourself i think but yeah i don't i i think like i said with you it does sort of it's waves you're not it's not like a gonna be a permanent issue it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. You fluctuate. Like you also it was your birthday and you always go a bit weird around your birthday and you didn't really this year, so it could just be a bit Yeah, of a I was delayed. saying it could be like a delay thing. Yeah. So sure. this episode, uh, even though you can't see it, which by the way, um I said you can't see it. Me and Scarlett are probably gonna do video stuff of this eventually, I think. Uh I'm just not organised enough mm. to sort that out. Uh, but eventually I will get stuff in. So we might do some like shorter, not our episodes like we're doing with this podcast because obviously it's different. Uh, but we might do some shorter like 10, 15 minute videos on like as an add on to these episodes. Yeah. I don't know when because uh, it's something I keep saying I'm going to do for a while now. But uh, it's, it's a side note because I was about to say something that's related. I'm just, I just it just entered my head. Uh, that is another thing I've noticed that's going on with me lately is trying to herd my thoughts mm. into like any sort of like cogent thing. I'm all over the place with like the stuff I talk I about know. at the moment. So during this podcast, if I do drift in and out to stuff that's not related to what I'm talking about, uh, yeah, I'm doing a bit of that lately where I start talking about something, move on to something completely different that's just entered my head. And then I go, wait a minute, what was I talking about? Mm. And I think this is why like some people have assumed I had like ADHD or something because I do. <laughs> I, I have been doing that a lot lately where I've been talking 
And then I start talking about something else that's not related. There's no segue. It's just in my head. It's gone. Oh, and this. And then I go to it and then I go, wait, no, what was I saying? How many times have I said that this week where I've gone, wait, what was I talking about? <laughs> it's happened a lot, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that's a recent thing. You've always done that. But like, <laughs> we can agree that it's, it's, it's more, it's happening more often than it normally does. Admittedly, it's something I always do, but I feel like I'm doing it more. No? No, I oh, think okay. you're just noticing it more. Oh, like okay. Maybe you're more conscious of it, but that is very... Uh, you've always done it. Yeah, I think it's interesting that when we do these podcasts that I am actually able to focus my thoughts I know, I into don't... like our conversations. Because you talk to me outside of these podcasts, obviously, all the time. And uh, I'm not as coherent, <laughs> I don't think, in like normally. No, you're not. <laughs> There's, it's like being recorded really helps you focus. I don't think we've ever had a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if i want to say something to you if i've got like a long story i try and break it down because i know you won't be able to focus on what i'm yeah, saying for long sittings. enough i do yeah so i work out like okay if i do like two minutes here and then two minutes a little bit later on yeah <laughs> that is how i do things with you it's funny i know and you've got used to me you telling me stuff and me just not listening and then repeating the thing yeah, it doesn't yeah. bother me. Yeah, it doesn't bother you. Anyway, anyway, so this episode is, we said it would be about reports. Me and Scarlett have our reports in front of us. And you know what? Last week I said that my report is much longer than your report. Um, but I've just looked at yours and yours is seven pages and mine's seven pages. Oh, wow. I think so anyway. Like, the, I've got it here. It, it's the same. Like, you've got page seven. And I'm pretty sure this is the end of my report. Cause it that looks, looks, looks yeah, it's, it's signed off, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but they actually, even though your doctor that diagnosed you said that things have moved on since then, because I'm looking at mine, my date of report was the 21st of November 2011, so I've been diagnosed a lot longer than I think I've been diagnosed. I keep telling people it's been like seven years, but it's been, what is that, eight? It's been eight. Eight and a bit? That is a lot longer. I got diagnosed 21st of November, I mean, it's not a lot longer, is it? Okay, yeah, yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, looking at them, they stop it. Pull yourself together. I'm sorry. It's been a lot longer. I thought no. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, 2011 seems like it was a long time ago. I think I'm reading it as like 2001. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we're not going to read our reports out. No, that'd be too too much. No one wants to. No one needs to know that. everything. Yeah, um, but it was just. Much. I was going to do it as like a comparison of then and now, but. To be honest, and like a lot of people that have posted on our group um, have shared their reports. And a lot of people's reports seem to be just like a page. Yeah. So like this is different, I think. I mean, me and you got diagnosed by the exact same team. So our reports are obviously going to be identical. And um, I imagine a lot of people that get diagnosed don't get a seven-page document. No. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting looking at it. So, uh, I mean, they look pretty much the same thing. Reason for referral, we've been over this. Because with this episode, we'd like to say, we're not going to go through our reports. Well, we are, but we're also going to talk about the diagnosis process that Scarlett went through, what I went through, just for those that are thinking about getting diagnosed and how it works. But, yeah. like, I think our reasons for referral are pretty much identical. Um, as I mentioned in, like, loads of episodes before now, I went to see a therapist for reasons that weren't that I thought I was autistic. I just went to her because my girlfriend at the time said that I need to see someone because there's something really wrong with me. So I went yeah. and saw a therapist and she said Asperger's. And I got a referral from the GP and then I waited to get diagnosed by this team. I would say yours is 
pretty much the same. I went to see a therapist because I think you you were the one that recommended it because I've got or had quite bad anxiety. So I went to see a therapist about my anxiety and they referred me <laughs> to uh, the cast team. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I know I was... I think the only thing that's different about us is because of me, I'm the one that told you to go see a therapist and start your getting a referral so you can get referrals to this team. Well, no, because but... that's not what you did. You told me to see a therapist because of my anxiety, not because you think I... No, I, I would say that I thought you were definitely on the spectrum. I'm pretty sure I told you that you were on the spectrum I think before I said anything about anxiety and that kind of thing. No, yeah, I think you told me that, but I didn't believe you. And the therapy I went to was for my anxiety. I didn't go because I thought I was autistic. I didn't go to try and get referred for autism. I went for anxiety and I left the appointment. All we'd spoken about was my anxiety. We hadn't spoken about, you know, anything else or she didn't say at all during the therapy. I think you might be on the spectrum. It was as I was uh, walking home from the therapy, I got a call. So it was about 20 minutes later because it was about, it was when I lived in Winton. So it was, yeah. and it was like 45 minute walk. Uh, it was about 20 minutes after I'd left the appointment and I was walking home that I just got a call from the therapist saying, have you ever thought about being autistic? And I was like, no, because you'd said it, but I hadn't thought it. So yeah. you'd said it and I'd just gone, no, no, um, And yeah, she just went, I'd like to refer you if that's okay. And I, so yeah, I just, uh, just did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the same. I mean, the first part of these reports seems to be about um, just background. Is yours background? Does it start with background, background information? information? Yeah, and it just goes on about like your family and that kind of thing. The thing they always ask, which I've always found interesting, and uh, any of you out there that are like listening to this and uh, think you're on the spectrum and that kind of thing, one of the things they always check for, is there anybody else in your family that might also be on the spectrum? So I know a lot of, like, especially in this country... Um, a lot of the doctors believe that they uh, that it's genetic or hereditary yeah. or uh, something like that. Yeah, they believe that it's like passed on like through the family. So they start yeah. asking you who in your family possibly could be as well. Um, I remember with my one, I thought there was people on either side, on my mom's side and my dad's side. So um, I think like I've got an uncle and uh, I know my dad possibly thinks he is and um you know he listens to these episodes he listens to our podcast and he says that there's stuff that's mentioned that he's like that's me and the other day i was talking to him on the phone uh and he was listing what he likes to do and like things he's got in the day and my dad's like routines like he doesn't even realize he's doing it most of the time but he was explaining to me like what he does throughout his day like it wasn't like i was quizzing him or anything it just came up uh, and he was talking about how he's got time to do stuff and it was just funny because like the way he does everything like you could see why it is so yeah they're like a lot of them think it's um hereditary thing and it's just something that is passed on through the family uh i would say even though i said that there was a member of my mom's side that uh could be, I think for me, most likely it's coming from my dad's side. Yeah. Uh, because, like, let's say there's my dad and, like, my half sister, there's a possibility she might be. So it seems like more like it's going through my dad's side. And with my dad in particular, uh, he could be. Um, and yeah, my report goes on to uh, 
yeah to, to mention like that kind of thing so that's like one of the first things they look at I yeah. think for us like the diagnosis process here according to the report it is the first bit that shows up is they talk about your um your like your background family like that kind of thing yeah like uh i mean it's weird because there's there's quite a lot of people in my family especially on my dad's side i've got a lot of cousins and like relatives and that kind of thing but i've not i mean obviously with things like social media and facebook and that kind of thing i've not heard anybody say that what any of the kids and like a lot of my cousins have kids now and like my dad had a lot of like siblings and so there's a lot of especially on yeah my dad's side of the family there's a lot of people. My mom's side of the family, not so much. They're not as big. I mean, a couple of my cousins have a lot of have had a lot of kids now. I think one of them's got like four or something like that. But I've not heard of anybody saying that they've got it. And obviously, I guess I wouldn't because the only way I talk to them, I live like 200 plus miles away, 300 miles away from my mm. family. So I guess unless they're putting it on social media because I have some of them on Facebook and that kind of thing, I wouldn't know. But I've not heard of it. You know, like my dad still talks to like people in his family, my mom does. And I feel like if either one of my mom or dad had heard that somebody in the family was on the spectrum, they'd go, oh, Thingy's child has got this. But I've not heard of any of it. It still feels like I'm the only real confirmed like case i suppose or yeah. that has a diagnosis um but it's it's different for you isn't it you've got like one relative that has been diagnosed no oh you don't i thought you did i thought they had oh okay i uh, <laughs> i hope none of my family ever listened <laughs> but there's someone that uh in my family that comes across right as on the spectrum definitely shows a lot of traits and who growing up my parents always thought that this person was um and you know they definitely still seem like they might be they definitely have a lot of traits that would suggest that uh like i don't know why i'm saying it like no i hope they don't hear it like being told you might be on the spectrum such a bad thing it's really not i don't i don't really mind actually like there's a good chance that they are they definitely like say they definitely seem like they could be uh yes yeah yeah so it's just interesting like i i remember in my um when i was doing my diagnosis uh i remember thinking like that's a weird thing and i sat in your first so your first session of diagnosis and it was one of the first things they asked were do you think anybody in your family yeah has it uh so it's interesting that they went with that so uh yeah that yeah that's sort of the start that's that is where they went for it yeah mine says the same thing as yours does it's about possible people in the family that have that kind of stuff i mean mine goes on for loads of things it goes into why i went into therapy in the first place it talks about like problems i've had in school um how i've been able to not been able to keep jobs it also goes into why i wanted a um diagnosis in the first place which is interesting because uh the reasons I went to get diagnosed in the first place are not the reasons that I would say I'm diagnosed now, which is uh, odd. Uh, Do you want to elaborate on that? I'm just reading them now. Um, yeah, like it just says that I... Actually, I don't know. Yeah, it just says that I'm trying... I don't want to mask anymore, essentially, which I guess I still have that. But it says that it sounds like... Um, Back then, I I masked way more than I do now. Looking yeah. at this, because I haven't looked at my diagnosis in years. Like I had to dig this out for this episode. But yeah, it, it sounds like that. Looking at this, it just mentions that yeah, I was in trouble a lot in school and jobs. Lost my lost a few jobs because of it. 
Uh, I remember losing a lot of weight. That's mentioned in here. So I lost a lot of weight when I first came to Bournemouth. Bournemouth, uh, and yeah, there's, that's mentioned in here because uh, they thought there was something like emotionally wrong with me. But, well, you did um, that to try and fit in, I suppose. Didn't yeah, you? which is which is it. Yeah, I noticed that like in Bournemouth, uh, there was a weird thing like not anymore actually maybe a little bit but Bournemouth's a weird town in general like everyone's quite into I suppose the way they look around Bournemouth and but it's because it's a uni town yeah it, and uni- it does and, it, it's uni- quite wealthy yeah and university's yeah. a bit like that so it, there's like bits here it says I lost a lot of weight and mom my mom thought that I was like according to this like upset and like wasn't happy about moving to Bournemouth uh, or like, you know, living on my own, well, changing my whole routine and stuff. But yeah, I, I did it as like a way to mask and that kind of thing. I definitely think you used to mask more than now. You still mask, but sometimes you talk about things that you've done <laughs> or that you did in your 20s that I just think, like, I can't imagine you ever putting yourself through that now because it's not the sort of thing that you enjoy. Um, yeah. And like, I guess some of it could be that you're a bit older now as well. And obviously you're things that you like doing can change with age but I feel like some of it from what from how you've described it you didn't really want to do but I think you put yourself in some situations because you thought you sort of had to Mm. it's interesting that your diagnosis is as long as mine um but I did more tests than you when I did mine so like we both did the interviews well I it says here I had two interview sessions uh, and then they interviewed my farm, my 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 farm, my mom on the phone. Um, yeah, I had the same two. And then I had sessions. another meeting um, where I did specific tests of theory of mind and emotion. We both did the AQ EQ test. Yeah, that's on here. But I did two other tests that you just didn't do. Um, so I just thought it's weird that because part of my diagnosis talks about how I did in those tests, but. Yours doesn't, um, which just makes me think, like, what additional stuff is in yours that they didn't need to do with mine? Mm. Um, I've noticed as well that one of the things they ask you is the develop, develop, ugh, developmental developmental stuff. Am I yeah. saying that right? Yeah, developmental. Um, which is interesting, like, because they always want to talk to your parents and find out, like, what age you started to, like, walk, talk, that kind of thing. Um, and, yeah, it's interesting because mine says that I was good at counting and reading, which is bizarre because I don't read. Um, but I like that they, um, they talk about the develop development stuff because it's stuff you don't know, but it's stuff apparently you can look for. And I guess that's how people that get diagnosed young now, I suppose that's how it works is they, they look for this stuff. Yeah. Whereas for us, it's like retroactive. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it happened at a point where people weren't looking for it. So yeah, it's interesting to read that, but it doesn't really say anything like in these diagnoses. It doesn't say whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. It just says it as like a statement of fact. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I know that one thing that we thought was quite interesting, we both had difficult births. I mean, yours was, I would say, yeah. <laughs> a lot more difficult than mine. So but I, don't both... know, I don't know if that's related to the autism thing. No, but, but they, it's weird that they asked both of us. But they did. It. It's, yeah, I noticed that like in your one and they did it in mine. They didn't say anything. They just went, how was your birth? Like, was it um, was it normal or was there complications? Yeah. Like they kind of expected there to be complications, which yeah. is interesting because both your birth and my birth uh, both had complications in different ways. Yeah. Um, I was 
premature and had issues with uh, my lungs and spent like a month in an incubator when I was born uh, because I hadn't developed properly. And I was 10 days late and I was born with the cord wrapped around my neck during delivery. So I was born completely blue and I wasn't breathing. I was taken to special care for four hours and then my parents could see me. Yes, yeah, so that's so like yours was worse. But yeah, we both had complications. Which is a, a weird thing that they ask because it wasn't like we brought it up and they were like, oh, yeah, well, that's uh, that's interesting. He kind of just went, any complications at the birth? And yeah. I remember when I had mine, they asked me that as well. Like, And it's weird because I suppose if you don't ask, which, to be fair, neither one of us did. Yeah. And it's for me, it was the second time I'd heard somebody that was working for an Asperger team ask that. Yeah. But I did kind of think, like... Um, that's that again. Like yeah, that's odd. It's so it's interesting. So like anybody out there that's got a diagnosis or doesn't have a diagnosis think on the spectrum, like were there complications with your birth? Is there like a correlation between those two things? Yeah. Um, because he asked like he was expecting it. Like it's a common place for birth complications to happen. I'm not saying that's like a cause for autism. It's just weird that he asked for it with like no, like we didn't say anything or that kind of thing. He just kind of went, uh, Birth complications? Yeah. And we were like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it, it goes on to loads of stuff. It talks about presentation. Does yours go on to presentation? Yeah, my presentation was on here. But mine doesn't say much because I don't really present in any kind of... I don't think I present particularly, like, fashionable or not fashionable. I like my clothes to be comfortable, but, again, not so comfortable that I look like I'm in pyjamas all the time. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I just try and blend in. So mine just says that I was pleasant to meet. I was quite anxious, but I engaged in the entirety of the assessment and I gave considered answers. Whereas I imagine yours was a lot more because you Well, first... mine's only this. Mine's not that long. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah. It's not that long. So yeah, it's just, uh, it's interesting. Like I say, it's... Um, it, what? No, I was just looking at yours. I think they're identical. I don't know what they were talking about. Uh, <laughs> Social interactions is something they look for. So they listed yeah. like all the social interactions and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, restrictive, repetitive and stereotype patterns of behavior and interests. Yes. Yeah. Um, restrictive, repetitive. Mine's flexibility of thought, abstract, flexible and... Why does yours sound like really... Imaginative thinking. Complicated in comparison to mine. Because mine's newer. Oh, I see. Like that is it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like once again, it's it's stuff like it's it's just long. It's just interesting because these are the things they they ask for. So like, hopefully we're not like boring people that are listening to this by reading this out. But like, we're just saying like the titles of each paragraph. These are the things they ask you about. Um, like I say, developmental information was there, social interaction, presentation, the thing you just said, the thing I said. Um, yeah, they... mine was all about like flexible thinking, basically, which I'm terrible at. Like if I've got a way that I'm thinking it's quite difficult for me to change my thoughts about that, I suppose. Yeah, my one just goes on about how I have no sentimental attachment to anything. Um, and that, yeah, I don't really get, like, emotional responses from stuff. That's all that bit. So that bit for me goes out. And it just talks about how I can absorb information um, and just how... I created my own routines, but don't like it when people create my routines for me. Yeah. Which is, is a thing. I've mentioned it loads of times before in this podcast that I don't like being told what to do. It's one of those things that I refuse to let people do is tell me what I'm going to be doing. I like to decide what I'm going to do. Yeah. 
Um, one goes on about my communication, but I feel like with these reports, the things that are longer, so like there's certain paragraphs near that are way long, and then there's things that are really short, are the things that there's no real issue for. Like my communication one is like two sentences. Mine doesn't have a communication. No, mine doesn't really have anything about my communication um, that I can see. Mine, oh yeah, social communication and interaction. Found it. Uh, mine's long. <laughs> yeah, yours is long. Yours is like loads of different. You've got like, mine is literally two sentences. Yours... <laughs> is half a page on your social communication and interaction. Yeah, because I'm not very good. So you're a lot better than me at social communication. I can do it and I can be really sociable if I'm trying really hard and everything else in my day has gone fine. Like, I can do it. If, you, if I go to a party, I can be the social one at the party if I'm really focused, but it takes a lot of energy. But I mostly, I, that is not really a thing. Like, I can do it, but no. I don't really enjoy conversation very much. I don't know if you can tell on the podcast, because I kind of have to talk. But, like, I'm not really a big talker. I'd say with, like, you and I, I'm more of a listener. Like, yeah. I do talk to you, yeah, but I, I think I listen more than I talk. I know a lot of people at the start of when we first started doing this podcast used to say that I talk over you, uh, <laughs> that I interrupt you a lot. Uh, that I, it's, it's, it sounds like that on these podcasts, but because I'm sat next to you, I can tell when you don't know what to say or you're not sure where this is going. And I know that it sounds like I'm talking over you, but what I'm doing is I know that what you're about to say is something that's like yeah unsure or something that might not be that relevant. So I tend to just do it when I know that you're struggling with talking about something so i know that you like you can't you've got a lot better at these podcasts i mean I yeah think, I, like i think it happens less now because i've got better i think but... as time's moved on you've got better at like talking stuff but if you listen to the earlier episodes of this i would say that i did most of the talking in the first few yeah um but then equally according to my report that explains why um one of the the second sentence <laughs> of my so communication true. So true. is he appears to find it very easy to talk about himself and takes little interest in what others have to say that is so <laughs> accurate like i can't even describe you, you are like that but well, i like that about you i find it funny well i like that your your bit of this is quite long and goes into all like the different breakdowns it says how you can understand non uh your use of understanding non-verbal communication yeah your social emotional reciprocal I can't even say it's recip. Where are you trying to read? Reciprocity. Oh, reciprocity. Yeah. Um, I mean, like reciprocating, basically. Yeah. But yeah, like, I like that yours is like a long breakdown of where you struggle and that kind of thing. And even though mine's a shorter thing here, it's still quite an Asperger statement that uh, I can talk about myself and what I'm interested in, but don't listen to everybody else. Yeah. Which is something that's common with those on the spectrum is. We can talk about the things we want to talk about and the things we're interested in and the things that we like. But when someone starts talking about something they're interested in and they like and we've got no interest in it, we either just stop talking and walk away or we start trying to make the subject more about what we're into. Yeah. So even though mine's like a shorter breakdown on that on my report, it literally still sounds very Asperger, which is what I've realized with these reports. Even the shorter stuff... It's shorter, but it's still Asperger related. I feel like they've left stuff out that didn't need to go in here that says this is normal. Yeah. They just haven't mentioned it. Like looking at a lot of this stuff, it only lists that kind of thing. But yeah, there's bits where 
in mine it's much longer and in yours it's shorter and yeah vice yeah. versa well i think yeah i think like you say like it is common for people with asperger's to do the kind of wanting to talk about themselves and i think like for some reason i'm not very into talking about myself like i just don't really like it and i am more of a not talkative person i don't i don't really feel the need to talk uh, like i talk to you but i i don't really feel the need to talk that much and i think the thing with me is because like i'm not very good at judging because of this thing of liking to talk about yourself and sometimes you don't realize that the other person doesn't isn't that interested so for me my cue is if I start talking about something and then someone interrupts me or talks over me that's just like what I take as a signal of like oh they're not interested so that's why I just stop talking so I think like it seems like I think that's how I go about my day to day if I start saying something and then someone else starts talking I'll just stop and i won't bother continuing that conversation because I think like oh it obviously wasn't that interesting I think that's why my like talking always seems really limited because sometimes they don't mean to talk over me but I've just like something in my head said oh don't talk about that then I don't know I'm not my my communication is not as good as it should be probably (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a very good I mean, communicator. You've got this far, like without it. I so. know it doesn't really bother me. Like I don't mind if people think I'm quite quiet. And like for me, talking about myself, I don't really like talking about myself. I'm definitely not very good at talking about how I feel about something. Like if I feel annoyed about something, I'm probably never gonna say that's annoyed me because I'm just not very good at it. I can't say to someone you've annoyed me or like you've upset me. I just will leave it and then I'll just be fine. <laughs> I think that's my way of coping is just like sweep, sweep it under the rug <laughs> and I'll be okay. So I think that's what like where we're maybe different because you're quite good at saying if someone's annoyed you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I get into a lot of arguments with people <laughs> and I fall out with a lot of people because I tend to just tell them that they've annoyed me as they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, I tend to just go, this is really annoying. And then I like tell them like you've been really annoying. But I'm, yeah, it's... This is the thing I suppose that comes up in um, a lot of things with me is I don't really, I don't really feel the need to not say stuff. So like when I'm at work and if someone like smells bad, I tend to just say, "You smell." Yeah. Um, and it's never been a problem for me to do that. Uh, and I suppose that's the difference. Whereas with you, I know that you struggle with saying stuff to anybody, even stuff that's normal, like during asking for something. Oh or, God, yeah. Like fine. earlier today, we took a load of your stuff to a charity shop and yeah there was that initial so how you were like how are we going to do this <laughs> what do we say like we need a plan so yeah <laughs> let me come up with the script first yeah i think the it's funny how different our social one is because yeah i yeah i've got some uh some social issues which you have too just yours is very briefly explained do you have one do, what's your next one after social then uh what do you mean after social oh, we're not on social No, I think yours went on for a bit longer. A sensory. Yeah, I see. This is where mine's just an additional thing. But like my sensory stuff is quite short. I it's not anything really that bad. Like some things to light. I've realized it's not in here, but I've noticed that I'm more sensitive to smell than I initially thought. Oh, my God. According to this. Yeah, you are. 
uh, like smell is a really big distraction for me. Uh, like if there's a bad smell, I, I can't focus on anything if I can smell something that smells bad. I know. When I empty your bins, I do always say, don't come in the kitchen. Just don't come in the kitchen. And then for some reason, it's like a moth to light. I know. You just I don't love li- it. You love to come into the kitchen and then go, oh, God. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> Every time. I don't like bad smells, but equally, I can't not smell them. Yeah, it's like you need to you need to know how bad it is. But just even, to- even when I smell it once, though, and I know it's awful, I know I can't deal with it, I keep coming back so like yeah. earlier today scarlet was bleaching something <laughs> and she was using this like spray that was disgusting smelling yeah uh, and the second she started spraying it i was like oh that's awful but i kept leaving the room and then coming back and going oh, oh i just kept i don't know why <laughs> it's just one of those things where for some reason i hate the smell but i, I need to smell it some more you, you did keep coming back it was funny um but yeah the sensory stuff i mean with your report your sensory thing i mean you could write a whole report on your sensitive i mean your sensory things like I, i've noticed that uh, this is quite short in comparison to what you talked about, I imagine, but I know you're going to be seeing like a sensory therapist or something like that. Mm. So that's probably going to come up more. So I think once you start going to sensory therapists, they're going to start doing like a sensory diet, which is something I've had done. And we'll go more into that, I think, at the time when it comes around for you. But that could be ages away. Because I know the waiting list to see the sensory therapist is quite long. I'm seeing her at the moment, but I had to wait like six months to see her. Yeah, and I think her wait's even longer now, is what she said. Um, But the thing that I wanted to go on to because we don't have much long left this episode and like I say we don't want to be too in depth with this mm. is uh, the thing that I always find interesting and this is something that those out there that are listening to this can do you don't need to get a diagnosis for this is the AQ EQ test yes so the AQ test is an autism questionnaire and the EQ test is an empathy questionnaire yes um, it was interesting on our scores on this so on the autism questionnaire um, it says here that 80% of adults with Asperger's syndrome score 32 or more. So if you score 32 or more, it's likely that you could be on the Asperger's thing. Like the AQ and EQ tests, all doctors that I've seen said don't take this as a definite. Even if you do score quite high, it doesn't mean you do. It yeah. just means you should consider looking into it a bit more. Um, and 32 is the 32 or more means you are in par with 80% of people with Asperger's syndrome, and you scored... 36. 36. So that's, uh, yeah, four over. I scored 39. Yeah. So we both... <laughs> that I guess for this one, it means that we both show uh, autistic signs. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's, like, shockingly high. It just puts us, like, comfortably within the bracket and it's interesting that we were quite similar now this one's the one that interests me yeah i know the it empathy too. <laughs> the empathy questionnaire so this is you do a lot of questions about empathy it says yes. here 80 percent of adults with asperger's syndrome will score 30 or less so 30 three zero or less scarlet you scored 11 11 30 or less and you scored 11 and you scored now mine's a bit concerning because like i scored six I don't know how I've scored six. And I've done this again recently. So when we started doing your diagnosis, I took them again and I still scored six. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought my empathy's that low. Yeah, like I think neither of us <laughs> thought our empathy was that low. But then when I was thinking about it and I thought about like how we discuss things and what we're like. Yeah. We are actually quite unempathetic in a, a lot of situations yeah. to a, a lot of people, even each other sometimes. Like, I think sometimes, like, one of us will be struggling with something and we do, like, like try and talk about it. But I do think there's times where we're both like, oh, just like, just go over it. It's no <laughs> Like, we are, we are actually quite unempathetic, I've realised. Yeah, I mean, um, 
if, like I say, if you're out there and you're wanting to know or not sure, you should just do this AQEQ thing. It's as good as like a guideline of where you're at. Yeah, it like it, my thing does say these self-report measures are not diagnostic alone, but can provide a useful indication of tendencies associated with Asperger's syndrome. So it's it's not like a thing on its own also it's a self-report so it can be biased it's even though you're doing it yourself and you're trying your hardest to be you know completely accurate there might there's always might be like a subconscious bias. yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's like um do you ever do those tests where it's like what marvel character are you uh and you really want to get like <laughs> I don't know, like, you really want to get Spider-Man. So you just start answering the questions yeah. in a sort of, like, how would Spider-Man answer yeah. this? So I feel like with the empathy test, um, yeah, there is a case of I want to appear really unempathetic or more empathetic. And I guess you could try and guess your way through it. So I guess that's different, which is why you've got to do more thing. But I feel like if you're as honest as you think you are, or as, try and be as honest as you can, like, it's whatever. I, like I say, I, I scored six both times. Yeah. Um, and I I thought that, especially the second time I did it, the second time I did it, I thought I'm going to try and be empathetic. I'm going to try and, like, <laughs> focus. And it still came back six. And I was just like, I don't even I don't even know how I've done that a second time. Yeah. I. Uh, it's, it's quite interesting. I do, I think we were both surprised by how low we scored because, I mean... Obviously, yours was lower than mine, but we were both a lot lower than yeah. the the well, bar, when, if you like. When, I mean, if you scored twenty eight, you're on the you could yeah. be, you could have Asperger's. So the fact that I scored six was just like that is that's crazy low. But but I do think on reflection, because it, it doesn't mean like I think at first I sort of thought well like I can be nice to other people, but that's not what it means. It doesn't mean that you're like a horrible person. But like, do I genuinely empathise with people? No, not really. Like, if someone tries to tell me about their problems, I can be kind of, like, nice to their face. But a lot of time, like, I've done it to you loads where I've been like, and this person started telling me about, I don't know, like, the fact their dog died. And I just thought, like, why are you telling me? Like, why try and ruin my day? Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. <laughs> like, and it's not because I think it's just, yeah, I don't have the thing, or, or neither of us really think. It's, it's very difficult to imagine someone else's emotions i don't i don't know oh um, no, hey, no, go on, go on. no no carry on i wasn't gonna say anything more but mere ramblings all oh, right <laughs> i've noticed here that uh there's a test that i did that you didn't do which is the adaptive behavioral assessment system or the abas2 according to this which is a self-report assessment covering 10 individual areas of daily living oh. um you didn't have to do one of these i did an raads 14 i never did, did that did you do that what is that i don't know i don't know if that's maybe a similar thing what did you score on it well it does it says i scored 59 which apparently places me towards the bottom of the mild learning disability range of impairment this oh. is to do with how i um it's to how to how i live it's it, i've never actually noticed this before um it says that, yeah, it just says that I'm uh, uncomfortable looking at people in the eye. Uh, I don't, when people talk to me, I'm not likely to nod or smile or to encourage them. Um, I don't listen to people when they're closely. But then it, it goes on to do like social domain, leisure and social skills. Apparently I scored low on those. Um, how good I am at doing like shared activities, how I'm able to keep a network of friends. Um and then, yeah, then it goes on to talk about what I'm like living on my own, uh, that if something was broken, I'd struggle to call a repairman out and that kind of thing. Mm. You don't have any of that in no. yours. Uh, my, that's something where they, they did a test with me to see 
how I am hanging out with people and how I am living on my own and that kind of thing, which, yeah, it doesn't look like it came up in yours at all. Yeah, no. Which is interesting that that must be something that they don't do anymore and there must be, like, another, I don't know, like, another department or maybe you'll do it eventually, I don't know. Um... And yeah, you've got a completely different test that I have no idea what that is. Yeah, me neither. Um, what, it's called an RAADS-14. Um, and it in, for me, it indicated the presence of numerous traits that could be associated with an autism spectrum condition. Oh, okay. Uh, but who, who knows what that is? Because that was just a lot of letters. I mean, I like the fact that if you go to the summary... Mm. at the bottom so sorry in recommendation so like it's different for us because what happens here is they summarize the whole thing mm -hmm. and then they recommend what you should do next yes. in my summary it pretty much sums up everything that i've talked about in these episodes it says on first meeting nikki he presented as a fairly confident and outgoing young man um whose reported difficulties were not immediately apparent which is is true of anyone that meets me yeah i appear nt normal and functioning and there's nothing there at all yeah um and then it goes on to say when you talk to me a bit longer you realize that it's just a strategy i'm using to reflect my autism so people don't recognize that it's there uh, even creating fictitious history and a lifestyle that doesn't exist to hide it even better but then apparently after talking to my mom and going through the early age stuff uh, there's strong evidence that I like to isolate myself, that I have no empathy uh, and I have limited interests. Um, and apparently, like, according to this, you can tell that when I was really young, it, I was like sort of blatantly on the spectrum. But then as time went on, it got replaced with the masking. Um, and then, yeah, the follow on stuff from there. I don't know if it, I think it's the same as yours. Um, it just says that I am getting a social worker, which I did. Uh, I went to a post-diagnosis group, which is something that you got asked for as well. So there's something that they do here, which I'm not sure if it's common in those that have been diagnosed. But what it is, is a post-diagnosis group where you and people that have been recently diagnosed around the same time you have, uh, you basically go to a group and learn about it. Yeah. Um, which is something that you don't want to do because it's, uh, yeah. it's group yeah. therapy and you're not interested in that, which I do find it interesting that group therapy is what they suggest when... Yeah, you'd be in a group with a basically... I did it. I did mine and it was like... I say there was eight of us, so like me and seven strangers. And we'd all recently been diagnosed and there was the... One of the people that part of the diagnosis team, they teach you about what Asperger's is, what yours is like. So some of the stuff you're like, I do that, I don't do this. Which is the same with our podcast in a sense. A lot of people that listen to our podcast have commented saying that there's some stuff that me and you say where it's like, oh yeah, totally. I totally yeah. do that. That's me. And then sometimes we say stuff and it's like, not even slightly. I've yeah, never, I've I'm never the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we've proved that, I suppose, between me and you. Um, and then that's it, really. It just says that I um, will go see my GP and that, that I can get a condensed version of this report that takes out all the really personal stuff uh, that I can give to employers if I need to use it. Because I remember saying that when I went for my diagnosis, that was one of the reasons that I stated that I wanted the diagnosis. Yes. Is this your shortened summary here? What is this that we're looking no, at? No, my shortened summary is here. Oh, yours is right at the front. Yes. They didn't put it at the end. This is just my recommendations. Your recommendations are well long. So yeah, the difference we've noticed with Scarlett's <laughs> is one, her recommendations. So bear in mind, mine was... Uh, where is mine? Mine was like a page. Scarlett's looks to be... Where does this start? Where's the... Uh, this is the right. recommendations. So, yeah, yours seems to be like two pages. But my summary is shorter than yours. Yeah. My summary is yeah. a mere few lines. Um, but Scarlett also got a load of other stuff. Um, so Scarlett got loads of extra 
printouts and stuff, which is something. And I've, this is something that's interesting to me. And people that listen to our podcast, especially if you're female, might find this interesting. Yeah, but you've, actually. you've been given a lot of printouts on relationships. So, yeah, these are all book recommendations. So, yeah, it's books to read. And a lot of them do seem to be titled things like, well, let's find this book here. Um, oh, uh, the... Complete, where's the... No, the... This... As- the Aspie Girl's Guide to Being Safe with Men. Yeah, it's interesting what they're giving us out. What men with Asperger's syndrome want to know about women dating and relationships. The Partner's Guide to Asperger's Syndrome. You've been given a lot of, yeah, sex, sexuality and the autism spectrum. You've been given a lot of, like, relationshipy. y um, Asperger couples workbook, counselling for Asperger couples, connecting with your Asperger partner. Uh, there's like three of these. So we've got, they're about two pages each. Safety skills for Asperger women, um, meditation for Aspies. Like you've been given like three of these. So they're two yeah. pages, like printed on both sides of each A4 piece of paper. Just loads of... Loads, loads of, books. of books. I didn't know there were so many books out there. Yeah, if anybody's interested in any of these, um, we might take pictures actually yeah. of these and post them on our page because there's a lot of books for anyone that's interested in this kind of stuff. Pretending to be normal. I mean, it's a shame that there's I... even books for people like for children that have parents that are on. Yeah, the spectrum. so if you're an NT kid, and something you've got... different about dad. My parent has an autism spectrum disorder, which is something that's definitely moved on because I never got anything like no, this but yeah. you've been given loads of extra stuff on books that you can read and things like that that would I, be interesting yeah there's definitely like for any females on the spectrum that, that yeah. like, i mean males as well but for females on the spectrum there's a lot of books about like if you're a female on the spectrum just being safe around men or like i suppose other women depending on your preference but i suppose i i guess it's more geared towards men for some reason but yeah but like being safe uh, because I know that women on the spectrum are thought to be in some ways more vulnerable. One of the traits that you hear about women more than men, which isn't like always the case, but I, it is a thing out there of like women on the spectrum being quite easily manipulated. Um, and like I have a real trouble recognizing people's intent. If someone was like, flirting with me for example i would have no idea because i don't i don't recognize that at all yeah Um, it's just interesting it's 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 loads of stuff that i wouldn't have thought of yeah um like if you're a parent and you've got asperger's and i suppose if you have a child that's nt it's something obviously because i'm not someone that's probably ever going to have children so i've never really thought about it yeah um but i imagine it well, not would be difficult, but I imagine it might be. Um, yeah. I suppose I suppose potentially difficult. I'm sure there could be problems that arise if you're NT and one of your parents. Like I, if I had children, which I don't plan on doing, but if I had a child, I'm sure there would be an element of like I probably wouldn't be able to. For me personally, I would probably struggle to give them the emotional support yeah that, you, have, like, you have mentioned that before yeah and i don't think that everyone like i don't think that that's the case for everyone on the spectrum i know loads of people do have children and uh like no problem like are just naturally really good at being parents but i think for me i'd i'd struggle because giving anyone emotional anything is mm. not that easy for me and you've been given this which is auditory sensitivity and asperger's syndrome which is like a printout of 
uh, visual, visual sensitivity. sensitivity. So yeah, I don't know. You see, this is I don't know if it's because it's been so long since I was diagnosed that they do this for everybody now. But some of the stuff you've been given is specific to you. So I do feel like, and I know there's a few people out there on our page that said that all they got given was basically like a certificate that says yes, you do have ASD, and then that's it. Um, so I guess you know, in many ways, like we're lucky that there's all this stuff. Like we've been given like loads of information. Well, I say we, you've been given loads of information, like a list of books. Um, this thing here is like what I'm looking at now is a printout of all the things that you should look at. Uh, people who have auditory sensitivity might it lists all the things that you might have, um, and then it's got a list of things that might help deal with that, which is stuff that you know for a lot of us, like myself. You just know you've got it and then you have to work out your own ways of dealing with it. Oh, how interesting. One of the things they recommend for auditory sensitivity is to try chewing gum to cover up noises. And You constantly chew gum. I constantly <laughs> chew gum. I've really tried to stop recently, but I've noticed a difference in myself from not chewing gum. But I never thought that I could be doing it for the noises, but that could actually be the case, like for sure. Yeah. How interesting. But yeah, this is uh, this is uh, and like I say, I don't know if it's because like I say, we live in Dorset as a county, and it says here Dorset Healthcare and Chester. So I don't even think this is a yeah. UK thing. I think this is just what Dorset are like with um, Asperger's. Uh, I don't think it's uh, everywhere, which is yeah, is I suppose it's a shame. Um, yeah, really for a lot of people. But yeah, there's loads of things about touch, touch uh, sensitivity. And yeah, then there's like, we got given a load of um, email addresses, phone numbers and that kind of thing for um, like Autism Wessex. Uh, there's like forums you can join, Autism UK. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that you got given all this extra stuff here. Yeah. Like I haven't really looked through this. I just no, opened your post for you. I didn't see this. So this is quite interesting. I like that one of the things is about hairdressers because I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before. I probably have. I hate the hairdressers. If anything's going to cause me a meltdown, it's going to the hairdressers. But now I found one that I'm totally good with. Fine places with lots of such a... Oh, how interesting. So that's definitely me there. Sorry, it's, I'm getting distracted here. We're trying to do an episode on this. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it yeah. just says something about visual sensitivity and it says find places with lots of visual information overwhelming, such as big supermarkets or messy rooms, uh, which is something I've been talking about recently that when there's loads of stuff everywhere, I get like really like agitated. Mm. Um, and that's just, it's just interesting. But yeah, I suppose like this information's out there for people that could google it or could look it up and that kind of thing but it's just it's interesting that like they've kind of just knocked all this down into like loads of little little handouts and that kind of thing for yeah us. yeah one thing just as a side note because you've mentioned this about messy rooms and i always find it really interesting sometimes when a room's messy like a room in your flat mm-hmm. you always look at it like it will never be fixable so <laughs> it needs to be fixed right now and like a fact about me is I always tidy. So, like, I don't think I've ever left your flat in a mess. Like, no. I, d- I don't think you've ever come home from work if I've been here and, yeah. like, it being a mess. Like, I am so tidy. Like, I can't even leave... If I've drunk a mug of tea, I can't leave that mug not washed. It has to be washed, dried up, and put away. Like, everything. But if a room's messy, even though, like, I will... I'll clean it. Like sometimes at the weekend it's a bit messy, but I know like Monday I do quite a big clean. You always look at it like it needs to be done now or it will never be fixed. And it always makes me laugh because you do get a little bit funny about that. Find it find it interesting. Yeah, I it's just odd. Like it's weird because I said like when I got diagnosed it was 
eight years ago. Um, and yeah, I say they gave me my diagnosis. And I thought the report was quite comprehensive. And I thought that it was better than other places. But it does seem like it's moved on again with um, what you've been given. I wasn't given any of these handouts that you've got now. And obviously, you've been offered a group and all the other different kind of things. So I do think like aftercare is important after you've been diagnosed. It's just annoying, I suppose, in a sense, for those that don't want a diagnosis or don't want certain things that they have to get one if they want any of this stuff um because some of this stuff like i say you can google it and you can try and do your own research into this but if you don't know what you're looking for yeah it can be difficult because i've i've like i said i've had my diagnosis for um for as long as i've had it and there's still stuff i find out now like there's still stuff i've just found out just now uh that i didn't know or didn't realize and it's you'll find that like i think with everybody that's on it you just keep finding out more and more things where like at this point now i would have assumed i think before we even started doing these podcasts that there's not much i don't know about my own aspergers and don't know about my own diagnosis and i always felt like it was more of a other people's things and the mm. other things that come with aspergers but like since doing this podcast for as long as we've been doing it and going through your diagnosis process and looking at your um report and that kind of thing there's still stuff now that I find out that I just think, oh, yeah, that, that yeah. as well. One thing I would say, like what you just said about, like, it's more difficult if you go online because you can find loads of good things online. But I do think sometimes if you go looking into it online, you go delving deep and you're looking at all these different things, you can sometimes read something and go, oh, yeah, I do that. When you haven't got the thing that's being described on the internet, just, uh, I don't know what it is, like, there can be different things, but, like, you can convince yourself that you've got this trait that you you have very mildly, but you don't have this actual condition around it, so, like, you might not be able to stay focused for that long, but that doesn't mean you've got ADHD, for example, and I, I think it can be easy to, because I did it a bit when I first started looking into Asperger's, I started reading like everything that can be associated with it. And I started being like, yeah, I've got all of these things. And then like slowly I was like, no, I haven't got that. I just sometimes can be a little bit like that. So I think you've got to be careful as well, because some of the things that will help people that have a genuine problem with it might not be be effective for you because yours is just a milder yeah trait i think i think yeah like it sometimes you can go down a bit of a rabbit hole because i think i definitely did where i got to a point of over researching so much and convincing myself that i had certain things that i didn't like i think i just started to notice it like like how i can't leave the place messy i started to be like oh maybe i've got ocd but I don't <laughs> like, yeah, I've got some routines that I have to do and I am quite clean and I do things quite methodically, but I haven't got OCD. I just started to convince myself that I did. And then I think I had to snap myself out of it before it got <laughs> to be an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, well, I mean, you've had you've had like a bit of both. Like there was initially when we first went through this, oh. when you first went to get diagnosed, I told you you had stuff. And I told you you had to do things and you kept saying, that's not me. I don't have that. Or I'd say things that I had. Yeah. And you'd be like, uh, no, I don't have that. So I can't have Asperger's and that kind of thing, which I think that's also the problem is when you look it up on Google and things come up saying those on the spectrum do this. And you're just like, well, I don't do that. Yeah. So, so, I, haven't, I, ha so I haven't got it. Yeah. And then there's other things like you said, you've convinced yourself you do have when you don't. It's so like diverse. There's so many different like traits of Asperger's that. Yeah. Um, 
you could find two people that both have a diagnosis of Asperger's and have no similarities whatsoever. Like me and you have the odd crossover, but we're not the thing. And it's that's just how it is, which, you know, I'm back to why I uh, had to have a chat with uh, my bosses at work this week because, do you know what I mean? Like regular NT people's understanding of Asperger's is they're all like this. Yeah. Uh, and then when I do things that aren't what they think it is, then I'm just like, well, it's not because of an Asperger's, it's, it's some other reason. So, yeah, I think yeah. the problem some people have is they see that you can be kind of sociable and chatty. So they assume that that's you. And then when you stop doing that, yeah. there's all of a sudden something wrong. And it doesn't mean necessarily that you were lying or masking when you were being sociable and chatty. It just means like you can have good days and bad days and like that's that's a thing and not even good or bad you can just have days where you do feel comfortable socializing and days where you don't and that is a a real thing I have it some days I find myself talking and I think oh my god how am I doing this much conversation just to be followed by the next day me not being able to talk to anyone so yeah it's mm. uh it is it's like what? everyone, really. I guess everyone has good days, bad days. Yeah, of course. I have days where I'm way more artistic and days where I feel like I haven't had anything at all. Yeah. What were you going to say? You said what? I was just going to say, what a good circle that was. <laughs> <laughs> way to bring it back to the beginning. It's like we planned it. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for this week. Um, any questions about any of this or anything you want to be interested in? Because obviously we've gone over reports and we do have a list of books and stuff now. If anybody's interested... Feel free to either request them on our Facebook page. Like I say, if anybody wants to see what these book listings are, I can just take pictures of these printouts and post them somewhere. Or I can send them to you and that kind of thing. Or if you don't want to ask on our page, um, you can private message us on Them Asperger's on Facebook. Yeah. And like the group is on there as well. Join the group if you want. I'm still letting everybody in. Still no rules really. Um, I have deleted some posts, but that's like I say, if I delete a post, if you posted something and you see that it disappeared... It's just because somebody else has already used that one and I don't want to... We don't want to keep... Because it's not like actual posts of things. It's news articles or like links to things. It's only if someone's already posted that link. We don't need like five links up of the same thing. We yeah. Like people are starting to say they'd seen like the same link come up. Yeah, we've had, we've had people just saying like they, they keep posting this stuff. And I think I had something the other day where someone posted something and it wasn't relevant to Asperger's in any shape or form. Um, yeah. I can't what it was now, but I got rid of it. But like, I don't think we've ever, like we've never deleted someone's actual post. Like if you write something. Oh, not, yeah. And you, it, oh, yeah, sorry. No, oh, it also doesn't mean that you can't share news articles that you think are interesting. It's just like, feel free to do it. But if they are something that's already been on before like say it was ages ago then we're not going to care but if it's the sort of thing that's been like quite, every week quite recently yeah there was one article i can't remember what it was but it was it was going up weekly yeah um, <laughs> and i don't want to like police because i know a lot of facebook groups when they start policing too much and there's like loads of admins and loads of rules it gets a bit like oh like what can i do what can i do i don't want it to be like that so i'm trying not to no we just don't want it to be spammy so yeah, yeah if you if you have found an article really interesting by all means post it but maybe just have a little scroll through the page first to make sure to see that it hasn't been posted at least like recently but, but yeah. yeah if i ended up deleting it it's, it's not like I've done anything wrong i just i know it's a recent post and it's been there before yeah um so yeah that's it like i said if you've got any questions you want to ask about our diagnosis or anything you're interested in feel free to message us or go on the page yeah, say it's them asperger's on facebook 
Uh, and yeah, thanks again for everyone that's listened to this podcast and is sharing it about and just trying to help with awareness. Like any help we can do with autism awareness is awesome. And like that's the main purpose of this is just to get people to have a better understanding of, um, I guess, what it's about. Yeah, like it's, it's sometimes it can be frustrating when people don't know about autism not that they have to but like it, it would be nice if more people understood the different variations and yeah. that it's not always just a like one set of traits suits all sort of things so yeah i hope we can yeah. help get awareness help get some understanding out there thank you so much bye